Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. That's good. That's good. Are you excited for uh, a New Year special hero? Not New Year's, a new year of special heroes. Uh, sure. Okay, good. I, we went a long way for that joke, but, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, there are new special heroes running. We're not going to talk in detail about them tonight because they literally arrived this morning, so we haven't had a lot of time with them. But uh, we have had some time to summon on them, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. The banners running right now are the Weekly Revival Banner 5, the New Year's of Fire and Ice going into the 18th, Happy New Year, Special Heroes Revival going into the 19th, New Power also going into the 19th, Legendary Hero Remix going into the 26th, New Heroes and Ascended Joshua going into the 27th, Tempest Trials going into the 27th, Like Clockwork going into the 31st, Omega Special Heroes Special Hero Revival going to the 31st, and our new special heroes of Lost Kingdoms going until February 16th. Eddie, uh, you had a chance to summon. If there's one thing you did this morning once this banner hit, you summoned. So how did it go? Uh, well, yeah, of course I did pull on the new special heroes because I like to make sure I have all the special heroes. And managed to get a five-star Zane, Atari Zane, on my first ring. I kept pulling on Colorless for a bit uh, because I'm planning to give his staff to Lissa. Uh, but after a long drought, I did end up uh, using the Spark to grab Carla. Shortly after, I got a Duo Azura, followed almost immediately by a female pilot, Byleth, Pity Break. I kept going, and on a ring with no red orbs, since Nyla was the last one I was looking for, I got a spare Duo Azura. And a short time later, I did manage to uh, snag Hatari and Nyla and finished off the banner. So, got all four. Not too much hassle. That's good stuff. Good stuff, man. Um, I did not get all the heroes on the special hero banner. Um, but I did get a four-star upgrade uh, to uh, Gray at some point. I don't know where he popped up. Uh, probably one of the banners that we listed off earlier did not know which one it was um but i didn't do too much summoning on the special heroes banner uh but i did get a hatari duet azura on my free summon for the new special heroes banner um i hadn't quite decided whether i was going to summon on the banner uh i mean we'll, we'll we can talk about it in a little bit but yeah i ended up getting a free azura and i'm like you know what that's probably good <laughs> uh considering i wasn't thinking of summoning and uh preserve some orbs for whatever heroes has next in store but that's currently where i'm sitting um but yeah i'm glad you managed to get all four that's really good now you just need to do the tempest trails and you'll be fine yep and we'll talk about who's there in a few minutes uh but before we get there we did get a new calendar pretty much if not the night we recorded the next day uh and um, it will continue tomorrow with the with Dean and the Tempest Trial uh, for this new banner. Uh, follow the day, at, uh, and that's tomorrow is the 18th as of recording. Uh, follow the day after by the new a new Bound Hero battle for Noli and Na, as well as a banner to go with it, and a the Legendary Hero 
for female Byleth. Um, I think they had some kind of issue last month with it. I can't remember exactly what happened. I think that's what happened. On the 20th, we get the new event in Summoner's, Summoner Duels R, as well as a new skill banner for Spurn or Repel skills. The Spa banner gets a revival on the 21st, followed the next day by an Encore Tap Battle for Labyrinth of Despair, and a Double Special Heroes banner, which is kind of odd since I thought uh, since this month we already have a Legendary Heroes remix, and they normally alternate. Uh, we get a new round of Hall of Forms on the 23rd, just before the week finishes off with the Plegian banner from last year getting its revival. Good stuff. Yeah, so it sounds like we have a, a packed week ahead. And uh, speaking of the uh, Plegian banner revival, um, it looks like we've got a bit of a second year trend going a little bit. We'll We'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, but the Special Heroes preview we're going to do right now is of Lost Kingdoms. As we said, the banner just launched today. Uh, so it appears after the Hot Springs banner of a few years ago, Intelligent Systems has found a better solution for the January non-New Year's special banner by selecting a random, as far as we know, country to focus on and give a special banner to them. At this point, they have stayed within the desert biome, but that is not guaranteed. But for now, we celebrate the Lost Kingdom of Atari from the Tellius Games. Nyla, as the queen of the Hatari, gets a starring role on the banner. Uh, and uh, like Tharja did for Plagia, and is joined by Zane, once again being relegated to the four-star focus. Carla and duo Azura and Leanne, uh, Leanne, Leanne, <laughs> Leanne uh, are also on there. Um, Dean from Gaiden slash Shadows of Valencia joins in the Tempest Trial. Uh, since the banner just came out this morning, we are going to take some time to familiarize ourselves with those additions and cover them next week. Uh, so even though it, it pained me to get through that reading, as you probably heard, um, that is our next Special Heroes. They're available right now. Um, I, I When I originally saw this and sort of saw the connection, um, I hadn't really thought uh, about this being sort of uh, like a festival specifically celebrating... Um, a specific country it, it kind of felt as though they were going along the same lines of the desert um vibe right uh with plagia and and now with hatari i mean it could just be they're going to do a desert themed one each year but they're picking different desert countries uh but until we get you know another year or two down the line uh it could just be random countries for all we know next year we'll get you know, some other random, not very, you know, not main country, but that's not desert themed. Right. I mean, they, they, I mean, I say country because they are specifically saying, you know, last year was the Plegia, Plegia or Plegia Festival or Plegia. This year is the Hatari Festival. So the fact that they're not calling it the Desert Festival and they're calling it the Plegia or the Hatari Festival is why I label it as a country yeah. specific, you know. Oh, that makes next sense. Next year, we could have the Renee Festival and focus on the country that uh, you know Erica and Ephraim came from. Based yeah. on how they've done it, it seems unlikely. You know. Yeah, I, uh, I think that that's a really good point. Um, you know, two two doesn't necessarily make a pattern. They could switch things up next year and go with a um, a more forest or jungle biome, or um, a, like I was going to say water, but I guess yeah. that. Mm. Island, I guess. <laughs> That's more summer. Yeah. 
And the other, you know, reason I just labeled it as a random country is because that's what IS or the game calls it. Because, you know, most of the others, the Bridal Festival, the, you know, Ninja Festival, the Pirate Festival, those all have a set themes that can cross over year to year. But this one has been technically two different themes, you know? Yeah, for so. sure. Well, we will cover them in more detail uh, next week. Uh, with all five heroes in the game, so look forward to that. Uh, although that is not going to end our Fire Emblem Heroes discussion, because Eddie reminded me that we have some Legendary Hero Remix skills to discuss. Yes, uh, we have the Legendary Hero Remix of Lucina and Eric. As we mentioned last week, Eric and Lucina get the Remix treatment this month. Uh, and without a calendar, we didn't know exactly when that banner was dropping. Uh, and it dropped last week, pretty much almost immediately. So uh, now we're get, uh, got their new skills and updated skills. Um, this time, uh, unlike some of the other ones, both of them had the Tier 3 versions, and they got Tier 4 versions of one of their skills. Uh, but let's start off with Legendary Erica, Grateful, Graceful Resolve, one of the two possible main characters in the Sacred Stones. Erica gets her remix this month, gaining Tier 4 Attack Speed Solo in the A slot. And her Lunar Brace skill gets upgraded heavily into Lunar Brace 2. With this upgrade, she does lose the special cooldown penalty. So that's penalty. The set's a bonus for her because uh, the old version slowed down her special uh, that it originally gave. But it does lose a good chunk of strength, going from 50% of foe's defense when, tra- when it triggers to 15% of the foe's defense as damage. Uh, it does make up for that damage loss by neutralizing the foe's guaranteed follow-ups and prevention of her own follow-up, while also giving her Canto 2, so she can start in and back up a bit. Nice. Oh, that's so. a good addition. Giving So she didn't have Canto before then, right? Being a Correct. I yeah. mean, she's, what, three, four years old at this point? And um, Canto only came out last year, so... That's a solid addition for her in terms of... Uh, her yes. being able to get in, get out, do some damage. And it's nice. It's nice that she loses that penalty to her special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. She loses thirty five percent worth of damage, but I mean, she also, you know, can't be have her follow up messed with as much. Exactly. That's so. really cool. Um, the other hero we got uh, with an upgrade here is Legendary Lucina, Glorious Archer future daughter of Krom and the star of the time travelers in fire emblem awakening lucina gets a much deserved upgrade for the legendary remix her new skills include future vision 2 as an assist unit and target ally swap spaces inflict attack slash defense minus seven on nearest foes within four spaces both unit and target through their next actions grants another action to unit additional action granted once per turn only uh, this skill can only be equipped by its original unit. In the A slot, Lucina got an upgrade to Swiss Sparrow 3, which is a tier 4 skill. So she had Swiss Sparrow 2 and has uh, gotten that upgrade. Uh, you know, I'm not as well versed with skills and such, but I mean, this seems like, I mean, I don't know what what the difference is, but you, you made a little note here to kind of explain a little more. Yep. Uh, essentially, I mean, I'm not super versed with it because I don't use them constantly, but I looked back at the ver- normal version and the upgraded version. And uh, Lucina's is a lot less of a change. And essentially, it just adds in the debuff that um, happens in a nice big arc around her and the target she switches with. Uh, so 
it already allowed her to swap spaces with an ally and gave her an additional action when she does that. But it did not debuff the enemy. This time it hits them hard with, I think, virtually the Dagger 7 debuff and a big arc around her and whoever she switches with. So Cool. That's really yeah. good. Well, I'm glad that uh, these two heroes got an upgrade. And um, I know uh, we, we may have missed a couple along the way, but we'll do our darndest to uh, highlight these new skills uh, as they're added yes. into the game. So we're keeping our eye on it. Uh, we will we will be on top of it. Um, but that is going to end our Fire Emblem Heroes discussions. But we have some Outrealm Gate news to talk about, including Fire Emblem Warriors. Yes, we're going to talk about Fire Emblem Warriors. Uh, the news, though, is that a new scale figure of female Byleth is planned for February 2023. Pre-orders for it are available on the Fire Emblem online shop from now until July 20th, 2022, and is also available to purchase at other vendors such as AmiAmi. Cost is 250 bucks from the AmiAmi US website. Um, here's the thing. As someone who's collected a lot of Amiibo uh, was upset to see that they did not include female Byleth um, as uh, as an amiibo. They went with male Byleth, um, which I I think they said at the time... Female Corrin that got a player 2 version, but not female Byleth. Yeah, and I mean, there was a lot of, you know, problems with, um, and still is, like manufacturing during, during the pandemic, and they had to make a choice, and I think there might have been a comment that, you know, male Byleth was the more popular choice amongst players although i'll say this um i think we both first played as female byleth right off the bat um no i think i played as male byleth in my first playthrough well i think that uh when you look at um these uh this, these figurines because uh, I, I feel like when they cost upwards of over 100 bucks you do have to cut they are they are like these figures these these I, I don't think I own anything that costs this much uh, of this type, but I gotta say, like, this figure looks really cool, and I think if it weren't gonna cost me probably, if it co- it would probably cost me about $400 Canadian to get this. Um, mm-hmm. I was, we were talking about it in Discord, it, it cracked through the Fire Emblem channel and even made it into the general uh, Discord channel. And I think someone was saying to order from the site in Canada, you're paying duties as well as shipping, uh, plus, you know, converting that all to Canadian. And you're probably looking at upwards of $400 Canadian. And I, mm-hmm. I just can't, <laughs> I could not justify that for a figure. Although, like I said, it looks so cool. Closest I've come to stuff like this is uh, special editions. Mm-hmm. I got like... um. I think it was Arkham City. I got a Batman standing over the city, or maybe it was the Arkham Origins spinoff thing. I got a giant statue, but I think that all told was maybe 150 for the game, plus that statue and all. Uh, I've never been a giant collector. I have Amiibos, but they have uh, actual use in games to some degree, depending on them. So I am you know, tend to be a bit more practical, unless it's, you know, posters and stuff like that, uh, you know. So I wasn't likely to try and pick this up to begin with. It looks very cool. Um, the outfit is straight from her classic outfit in the game with all the problems with it that already are there, as was mentioned in Discord, Combat Hooker by Lith. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, it's very, very cool with the um, interchangeable swords. Uh, you have the 
standard sword version and the chain version with a uh, very cool-looking fire uh, swirling around it. So that's very cool and looking. But yeah, way more than I'm willing to spend. That's the type of thing that it's like, you know, even if I could buy it in a store, I'm not sure I'd buy it full price. Oh, it looks so cool. So, and and I mean, they even, they even right. include... Um, like their other figures that they've done, they've got a, uh, Lynn, Ike and Marth that all looks, I mean, you're getting what you're paying for. It looks, they look awesome. Oh yeah. It looks to be a very high quality and that's probably why it's so expensive, but it's just not something I see worth paying for for me. Yeah. I can't justify it, but, uh, it looks super (laughs) rad. And, and like you, I have the, uh, Arkham city Batman, uh, just above the shelf. I've, I have purchased like special edition video games, but to me, there's still that like, it's a, it's under 200 bucks and you're getting the game and a bunch of other stuff. I mean, yeah, this, this quality much above what, uh, those packings are probably used to being. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah. So anyways, if you have 250 bucks that you want to spend on a female byleth, uh, you can go do so. Uh, at the uh, Fire Emblem Online shop. Now, Eddie, let's head into the game club here. We have our uh, third special discussions for Fire Emblem Warriors, and uh, we're going to wrap up the story this week. Yep. Uh, the end game begins with, as Marth, Steeda, and Tiki join, uh, and we are going after, uh, you know, we sent Hennet off. I swear I'll learn to talk. Nah, I'm not going to make promises I can't keep. Um, we head off after uh, getting reports of a sudden increase of Gristone troops at a keep. Uh, during the battle, Darius gets, cuts, gets cut off and attacked. The Twins believe in him, uh, even though Leo, and, or not, I think it's Takumi and Ryoma have some doubts. Uh, but um, in order to save him, they pursue uh, swords left by the good dragon of this world. You know, legendary swords similar to Falchion and such. Upon receiving them, they head off to rescue Darius, only have them betray them after the final gleamstone is added to the shield, completing the emblem. Uh, They fight their way to stop their friend, whom Rowan and Liana still believe is good, only to find out that their mother is still alive and going to be sacrificed to resurrect the Chaos Dragon Velazark. They managed to rescue their mother, and since the spell needed royal blood, it didn't specify whose royal blood, Darius ends up killing his father to finish the spell. After fighting him to, to him to stop him, his real personality breaks through, and we find out that he was corrupted and twisted in trying to gain more power to protect people, pretty much the exact th- same thing as Leon in Sacred Stones, and begs them to kill him to stop it. Ron and Liana are unable to do so, and he sacrifices himself to save them, save them, although this is after the ritual is complete, like an attack happens and he pushes them out of the way uh, and seems to die. I don't know if we ever see him again. I couldn't verify that and didn't have time to get through all the chapters. Uh, the twins then continue on and defeat Velazark and say goodbye to the, all the heroes after, after del- where, because after defeating Velazark, they start returning to their proper worlds. So yeah. fun uh last little section of the game and it's kind of funny yeah. uh they they have the shadow dragon chapters uh a good chunk of the game you know the back third of it and there's only like two shadow dragon characters <laughs> that are in the game 
uh, pre-DLC. Three. Am I missing one? What am I missing? Marth, Sita, and Tiki. I believe it's young Tiki that we have in the oh, game. Oh, yes, I did miss. It was technically Shadow Dragon, not the Awakening version. That's true. No, you're right. I miss Tiki, and I'm updating the notes when we talk about characters. Yeah, no, Tiki's and in I there. I believe Navarre's around, similar to how Wayne and I think Abaro were around, uh, but not playable until they were added as DLC. Yes, yeah, Navarre. I do remember Navarre popping up, for sure. Um, but yeah, like... I think, you know, we'll obviously have another week to discuss Fire Emblem Warriors. We'll be able to talk about the whole thing and our thoughts and stuff. But in terms of a story, you know, it was pretty typical Fire Emblem story. Like, uh, although I'll say this, like the bad guy being on the good guy's side and kind of being like, Mwahaha, I was a, I was the bad guy the whole time. Like, that's not often... I mean, is that often done in Fire Emblem? I feel like it's mostly the bad guy is always some evil king or something, and, it's, and you see it coming a mile mm-hmm. away. Oh, I guess Three Houses kind, did a little kind bit. Kind of like that. I said, uh, yeah, Three Houses did it. Uh, Sacred Stones sort of did it, uh, except he's not uh, playable. or Well, I guess Darius was never playable, but he's not traveling with you type thing. Um Top of my head, I'm not thinking of many others off right now, but there might be other instances where someone you thought was good turned on you, non-playable, good guy. I mean, yeah, it was kind of predictable in the fact that he wasn't playable. True, you know, he's around so much and you can't play him, so it's like, well, something either something's going to happen to him or he's going to turn out to be evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but. well, and he was corrupted by uh, a giant dragon-like monster, so that mm-hmm. checks out. Uh, that falls right in line with uh, with how Fire Emblem seems to operate. Yeah. Like I said, he, he was carbon copy of Leon. He, yes. You know, started seeking power around an evil vi- per- villain, hoping to, you know, master it and gain power to protect people, and got you know, turned on him and corrupted or perverted or however you want to label it. So, yeah, checks out. Uh, I mean, it's one of those things where it's not a story. Like, here's the thing. I'm also not faulting the game for having such a pretty basic story because the story is there to, to bring all the characters together. Um, So, you know, after this playthrough, I can verify the story is not my issue with this game. (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, is that something we're saving for next week, or you want to get into it now? All right, we can get into it now. Do you want to cover the units that came with, uh, you know, th- uh, you know, by, uh, Shadow Dragon first, sure. quickly? Yeah. So uh, you have Marth. That is a big part of it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you do have uh, Marth. Uh, Sita and Tiki, as you mentioned, Tiki's in there. I forgot about her. Um, she's annoying. I didn't use her very much. Uh, but like, uh, you know, Tiki is unique. Um, Tiki has her own kit. She's the only dragon in the game, uh, you know, that, that sort of operates that way. Uh, I know Corrin is technically a dragon, but, but he slash, you know, she has her own kit. She is separate from the way Tiki operates. Um, but, uh, Marth and Sita are very much that, you know, um, sword, sword user and Lance Pegasus unit flyer, whatever, um, you know, archetype. So they, they kind of fall within a couple of other characters like Krom 
and Hinoka. Um, so they're, there's not necessarily one that stands above the other. They are like pulling from that archetype, you know? Uh, but uh, in terms of the DLC, you've got uh, Minerva, which is a Camilla clone. Um, Lind, which I believe she was, she was kind of unique. She was kind of close to Tharja, but had her own sort of magic mm-hmm. style. So I'd kind of put her on her own, but um, she was still a magic user, very similar to Tharja. And uh, as we mentioned, Navar uh, was also uh, made playable in the DLC. But he was pretty much a carbon copy of Lynn, right? Exactly, yeah. Carbon copy of Lynn. Or a clone of Lynn or whatever you want to call it, yeah. Yeah, ca- carbon copy is, is actually not is probably not giving enough credit. It, it is a clone. He has his own style. Um, I would say Lynn, uh, you know, before the DLC is added, she kind of stands on her own as well as sort of an assassin character Mm -hmm. um she doesn't fit alongside the other sword uh users she's less of a brawler and more of a quick hitter the only other two characters in the game that we haven't really covered as yet are rowan and liana who are pretty generic sword users if i recall correctly yep nothing that special about them so you know it's and that's i mean we can discuss it next week if you want again but i mean that's pretty much comes to my whole thing after playing through it again is that you know i tried to defend it when it first came out about having all the clones and stuff but you know this time going back and having played age of calamity uh you know it essentially hits the same issue that i had with breath of the wild although breath of the wild was you know a very good game is that it's not doing you know it's this feels like a Dynasty Warriors game with a Fire Emblem skin on it. Whereas both of the Hyrule Warriors games feel like, you know, unique things. They're got some trappings of Dynasty Warriors, but like the fact that every character in both Hyrule Warriors are unique, you know, and in Age of Calamity, they even have different weapons that are each unique from each other. Yet in here, you know, you have five weapon types and five skill sets. With yeah. or four spare ones af- added on after, you know, it's just, you know, like my whole thing was that I've said before is that if they had maybe done it class based, it would allow you to have, you know, different. I mean, it would be a bit of extra work to have the characters do, you know, different weapons types and stuff for the different classes. But, you know, make each class unique if you insist on having clones or do what Hyrule Lawyers did with every character is unique there wasn't enough fire emblem for it to stand out and there wasn't a, you know enough uniqueness for it to really stand out as really good yeah in my you know especially after going back i just it was so hard to get myself to go back into it and i still love playing as lessa but in it it just yeah so hard to convince myself to get back in there i wonder if like from a design perspective they were looking at this opportunity to make a fire emblem warriors game and they were just burdened with so many characters they could include. Like, how do you not include, at the time, um, both, you know, uh, families uh, of fates, right? Like, you can't cherry-pick one or the other. You kind of have to include all the heavy hitters. And then you kind of go down the line of, like, while Awakening has a huge cast, um, we can... And I get it, I get, for sure, including Lynn 
as the one character from Fire Emblem and then uh, including, but, but there's so many different characters that they left on the cutting room floor. And I almost wonder like they, you know, put themselves in a corner by wanting to include such a large roster from two games and then like sprinkle in the rest. Did they include a large roster? Well, um, they did like from fates and uh awakening did they not like it it's not a huge roster by you know we're used to fire emblem heroes it's it's got hundreds of characters uh Mm -hmm. this this roster is not like it's not immense but you gotta admit it pulls very heavily from the 3ds games just comparing to the original hyrule warriors i think even maybe even age of calamity there's as many different characters if not more, in those games, and yet each one of them was unique. Here yeah. they, you know, chose these groups of characters, they cherry-picked a bunch of them, but, you know, made a bunch of them clones of each other. Yeah. You know? Well, I think if you look at Age of Calamity, so. that could be a lesson learned. It's it's the same... It might not be, you know, intelligent systems, but it's the same developer, uh, Koei Tecmo, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? Yeah. But that's that's where I say if you look at you know age of calamity they took some things they learned and improved on it Mm -hmm. and they even put more of a legend of zelda skin on it than even hyrule warriors one did but hyrule warriors one that came up before it other than some quality of life things like um dropped items automatically getting collected and stuff like that you know it was more or less the same and everyone in hyrule the original hyrule warriors was unique and the Hyrule Warriors DLC even included new maps, you know, whereas this one did not. It was just three sets of characters. Now, that could have been because of reception that they didn't add more story maps and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it's uh, it's a tough one. I think that uh, you're right, looking back. It's not a horrible game, but I, I'm looking at it in a less positive light than I used to. Yeah. Because I, I saw a lot more of the flaws in it since you know since original yeah i think that can be uh you're not wrong like i think that the game when it came out it had its fans um and i I mean those fans mostly were folks that loved fire emblem and could enjoy the higher you know the warriors style gameplay Mm -hmm. um but yeah like the more you break it down like there are i found more frustrations with fire emblem warriors than i did with hyrule war i played hyrule warriors all the way through. I didn't feel like it was punishing me um when going into the into the side, you know, uh not uh, I guess side maps. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. feel as though um like the history maps in Fire Emblem Warriors are really frustrating because in order to progress through, like there was a lot of high level stuff you had to do and like I don't have my roster above level 80, you know. I mean, yeah, and it's not it's not even a case of you can pick one or a small group and take them through everything because then you randomly get one that only females can come in here and suddenly you have you know two characters that fit and you have to bring six in yeah or you know only sword users and you've been using i've been using lists the whole time so none of my sword users are that powered up and then just the amount of materials you need which this is where i feel it's more of a dynasty wars issue because i remember having issues with stuff like this in um the original Hyrule Warriors is just the amount of materials you need to upgrade things. It's just so insane, you know? It's a lot. 
I mean, I think Melissa has most, if not all, her skills maxed out, but no one else does because you need, you know, th- you need to kill 3,000 generic guys and have them drop their items in order to upgrade the next character up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then having to go get those low-level items, you're having to grind maps that are, you know, going to drop. Easy and- yeah, it's um, it's a game that has problems, but like the thing I would say is though is that if you're a fan of these characters, like you said, you enjoyed playing as Lissa, like I enjoyed playing as you know Lynn and Celica and um, Crom and Lucina, and just you know revisiting those characters in a different way. Uh, because this is the only time we've been able to, outside of uh, you know, some side stuff in in uh, Shadows of Lentia, this is the only time we've a- been able to control these characters with this fidelity, in this you know behind the behind the shoulder camera as you're taking on like vast armies. Like it's got that um, same appeal as the other Warriors games, as well as Age of Calamity, where you're just going around, you're mowing down enemies. Um, it gets old pretty quick, but it is fun to do it with these characters. It's fun. It's enjoyable. But like, like I said, you know, those are some of the issues. The other is the way they handle preferred weapons. Is they eventually decide to give everyone a preferred weapon. But, you know, if you were a fan of an Awakening character, oh, tough luck. You have to max out and beat everything in the game before you can get a preferred weapon for your preferred character. Yeah. You know, like. I've done a lot of stuff and I still can't get close to getting lists because like there's this map you have to kill, you know, 2,500 to get the max level. And I, you know, slaughtered quite a lot with a super high level Lissa going through there, running around as quick as I can and still don't get enough to max out the number of kill counter. Yeah. It's like, what, what do you need me to do? <laughs> Yeah, and again, it can be very repetitive, and uh, mm-hmm. it's it's tough. But yeah, I think that um, I think we'll we'll collect our thoughts. We'll have one more discussion. We'll try not to reiterate a lot of the points we've already made. But I think like um, we'll we'll talk about that off off air and determine whether we need need to do another one. But there is a reason that Fire Emblem Warriors uh, was was relegated to a special discussion. It's because we knew. We would we would struggle going back to it, especially with better Nintendo offerings uh, in the Warriors offering. I struggled far more than I was expecting to. But. Yeah, yeah. I I enjoyed going back. I found it. Um, I I you know what? I didn't. Uh, I I'll be honest. Like I didn't play a whole lot. I just went back and got a taste. And, and mainly, you know, refresh my... The story is just... It, it is what it is. It's fine playing through once. Um, the fact that, y- you know, you, the listeners, now know the whole story to Fire Emblem Warriors, like, it doesn't impact the gameplay whatsoever. Like, you're still going to be able to go in there and, and enjoy it. And Yeah, if, if you like the Dynasty Warriors formula of slaughtering thousands and thousands of people, collecting thousands and thousands of generic items and specialized items and hoping the right... Uh, difficulty or like right rarity drops uh then yeah fire emblem warriors is a decent one of those yeah just well, when you describe it like that <laughs> i mean like let's be honest though like if you want what you just described but a better package you should check out age of calamity right like that's the one if it depends okay if you want the more traditional 
Warriors package, then this is probably better than Age of Calamity. Age of Calamity is the same on-the-ground gameplay, but the way they set up the quests and the uh, map and the unlocking characters is quite different. Uh, like I said, it has far more of a Zelda Breath of the Wild skin on it than the other game. This game does of a Fire Emblem skin, you know, because you're on the map, the things uh, pop up in the map. You're still doing a lot of the same things. You're collecting a large bunch of things, but you're collecting materials from the grass and stuff, as well as you know, uh, foods and stuff that drop randomly from car- enemies. So there's, it felt to me when playing through. Um, Age of Clarity, there's a lot less of, oh, you need to kill Lissa 30 times in order to hopefully get those three golden items you need to unlock this item that she has, you know, mm-hmm. which is something the Dynasty Warriors and, or at least the first Cyber Warriors in this one did. Yeah, you know, there's a lot less of those, you know, you know, Lissa's waist belt or, you know, Crom's ring or whatever they used. Yeah. I think if you um, can avoid and ignore like the trappings of getting your character to be, you know, uh, all powerful and you just want to go in and have have fun and you like Fire Emblem, I think this is fine. But if you do want to, you know, like like you were saying, Eddie, if you want to collect all the stuff for your specific favorite uh, or favorites for that matter, um, the game really forces you to do sort of a right. shotgun approach where you're where you're now having to get everybody a lot of grinding. Yeah, you're you're having to get everybody powered up, and that just isn't um, as fun or satisfying. Like you kind of lose the fun there. But if you're just going in to have fun, it's fine. For some people, it is. If that's fun for you, enjoy. There's plenty of grinding here. But yeah, yeah the grinding gets tiring after a while for me. Well. We will end it there, and uh, we might not need a discussion next week on it, but we'll uh, we'll certainly have a chat off air and determine. But we do have more game club fun planned, uh, planned with an asterisk for the rest of the year. Uh, we are looking to start Fire Emblem Awakening. Um, everybody, you can uh, you know send your good vibes out there as we all look for our 3ds. Uh, I know Eddie was uh, was saying he's looking for his 3DS. So um, been a while since I used it, and I'm not even certain I've had it at this apartment. So I just need to uh, clean my room. Yes, and well, hope that it's somewhere under all this mess. Over the next week, clean your room, Eddie. Clean your room, and uh, we will play Fire Emblem Awakening yes. uh, when you've found your 3DS and/or purchased a. Uh, used version, but uh, I I don't even want to imagine the nightmare of losing a, a yeah. definitely have the cartridge somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you know, hopefully the cartridge is also with your 3ds that is buried under, um, I don't know boxes of some kind or in boxes I should say. I don't want it to be crushed. Well, I found Alpha Sapphire, uh, Pokemon White Two, and Mario Golf. Huh? We're not. We're not. Well, well yeah, you could, you could, we could play those. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> okay. I have a couple little boxes of games and cartridges, so hopefully, you know, I can at least find the game. <laughs> well, we'll uh, we'll get to it. We will give Eddie some time to clean his room and find Fire Emblem Awakening. Um, but uh, after that, we'll look to move into another special discussions game club with Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE. So look forward to that later on this year. But of course. 
plenty of Fire Emblem Heroes content to discuss as we enter year six of the game. So enjoy uh, book six alongside us. And with that, we'll end the show for this week. Visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com slash fay. Email the show, fay at gamersinpodcast.com. Check out the Fire Emblem channel in the Gamers In Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at rmurphy, Eddie at Drellfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers In for show updates. Be sure to check out serenesforce.net, our go-to resource for Fire Emblem news and information. It's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week, and happy summoning.